Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat teaching by Rabbi Rebecca Schatz. I've, I feel like I've made this announcement now multiple times in multiple different places, um, but we are going to learn Torah because in the face of tragedy and sadness and fear, there are also those who are on the front lines asking for us to continue living and to continue singing and to continue observing Shabbat and to continue teaching. So though I am sure that a lot of what we will think about while learning is going to be Israel, because how can we not? There's not going to be a teaching on Israel. Um, it is simply going to be a teaching about the Parsha. And then if you would like to share something that is coming up for you uh, by way of of something that is going on in Israel or something that you are feeling based on what's going on in Israel, please feel free, um, feel free to do so. So I thought that we would discuss um, the, the one of the first lines of this week's Parsha. So we're going to look at a passage. Oh, great! We're going to look at a passage that you probably know um, and have probably seen and heard and even maybe learned about um, in the past. But it's this passage that names Noah as an ish tzaddik, and then it says tamim haya bedorotav. So first and foremost, where do we see the word tamim in other parts of our language? Uh, other parts of our, of our tradition, sorry. Where? The Tom. The Tom, right, right, right. I just couldn't hear you. Right, and the four sons at the Pesach Seder, right? The Tom is the one who is known as the simple child, right? If we, if we actually read through what the children are asking and doing and saying, simple is probably not such a kind definition of who that child is, but it is what the word seems to mean. Can anybody think of another way that Tam is used in our tradition? Tamimim? What, sorry? I'm, I'm just wondering if you can think of one. The, the one that I was thinking of is the four children. But I was wondering if there was another one that's coming up for people. If there's, if there's not, that's okay. Hi, Backrex. Um, if that's not, that's totally fine. I just wondered if there was another that sometimes people say, oh, yeah, and also in this. And if <laughs> I wasn't thinking of another place. So I was curious if any of you were. So when we think about ish, ish tzaddik tamim haya bedorotav, an ish is a person or a man. A tzaddik is a righteous person. Tamim seems to mean simple if we're going to connect that back to the the four children in the Pesach Haggadah, and then Hayabedortav in his generation. So what does this seem to be telling us about Noah? It's not a trick question. He's an ish, ish sadiq and Tamim in his in his generation. Yeah, so that's we are going to see that a lot of the rabbis believe that that's exactly the case, that we thought that he was a tzaddik, we thought that he was a righteous person, because in his generation, he was the only one, right? He was the only one who was righteous in amongst those who he was um, living with and, and in their generation. But what does it mean to say tzaddik, but then also tamim, right? Those two things seem to be... Not that tzaddik means sophisticated, but the way that we at least connote those two words, they seem to not be the same kind of person. Right? Tzaddik doesn't seem to be the same kind of person as the as the 
Tom in our Pesach Haggadah. So why are those two words together? Yeah, Rebecca. Never, you know, uh, cynical. Yeah, yeah. Right, so so Rebecca's bringing this point that you can be a tzaddik but also be naive, right, and not necessarily know the the um, the intricacies or the complications of life to such a point that you understand what it means for something to be really good or what it means for something to be bad or the implications of multiple sides of, of a story or of life's experience. And so you could be a tzaddik, you could be someone who's doing really amazing things in the world or for the world. And you could also be someone who is naive in nature and not necessarily aware of all of the things that are that are going on. We also have no no idea in most of the book of Brashid and most of the book of Genesis, we have no idea how old people actually are, right? Because people are living to like 700 and 300 and that we know that that was not the case for people living at that time. So we don't know what kind of timetable they had in such a way that they could say we lived until 520 years old. We don't, we don't know what that could possibly mean, right? So it is, it could be the case that Noah here was also just young, right? Didn't necessarily have as much experience in the world as others might have had when we start to know them in our, in our Torah. Yeah, Marshall. Side the that's a disjunctive there. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. This is Tamim. Yeah. I don't know what Tamim means. Right. <laughs> if you're going to Noah, yeah. it should be the singular, not plural. Sure, sure. Why, why is it a plural here? Yeah, that's a great question. I hadn't even thought about the fact that it's in the plural, right? It's Hamim Hayabadorotav. Um, me- maybe maybe it's a missing book there, right? Mm. Yeah. Maybe that's really interesting. It's also what I thought you what I thought you were going to say was that there's two Noahs, right? And does that make for then us saying Tamim in the plural? But of course, we're only talking about one guy, so it wouldn't necessarily though the way the grammar works in Hebrew wouldn't wouldn't necessitate the use of a plural, even if we say someone's name twice. If it's the same singular person, we don't need the plural. That's very very interesting. Yeah, Tamim, right, right. Right. So what I was going to say is that I wonder if because it's about a personality, it's kind of multifaceted and therefore plural, right? Even though it's about a person, because because what Rebecca said is exactly what I was going to say, which is even in today's, um, and it's not necessarily a, a positive thing, but even in today's day, when we say someone is is Tam, we say Tamim, right? Even if we're talking to one person, Um so it's possible that it just has to do with the fact that we're all multifaceted in our personality and in our um, experiences. And could it be that that necessitates uh, plural? I don't I I hadn't thought about it because of because of the modern use of it. I hadn't thought about it. That's a brilliant question. Were you going to say something, Rebecca? I was going to react. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Which was, so basically what you're saying is there's sort of a comma after the Yes. And so it, it might be Interesting. So, so the idea that there could be a comma after that tavir for tzaddik would then 
allow us to believe that maybe he is an Ish Sadiq, put that aside, but that in this moment in his generation, he is also Tamim, right? That he is not aware of necessarily what's going on or how he's going to react to it. Yeah, that, I think that would be the way that it would be read if we were reading it with the um, with the tropes. Okay, so let's look at let's look at the some of the commentaries here. So the the whole verse because we haven't yet read the whole verse. Ela told Noach, Noach ish tzadik, tamim haya bedorotav et ha Elohim hitalech Noach. So um, these are the these are the generations of Noach. This is the line of Noach. It says in your translation, Noah is a is a righteous man. Simple in his generation. It says blameless in his age here, which is, um, a poetic way of translating that. Uh, Noah walked with God, right? So we're going to look at a few different, um, a few dif- different commentaries here, especially on the idea of Dorotav and, and Ish Sadiq and Tamim. So Rashi says in his generation, some of our rabbis even explained this word to his credit, meaning to Noah's credit. He was righteous even in his generation. So this gets back to what Bobby said. It follows that had he lived in a generation of righteous people, he would have been even more righteous owing to the for- to the force of good example. Others, however, explain it to his discredit. In comparison with his own generation, he was accounted righteous. But had he lived in the generation of Abraham, he would have been, he would have been accounted as of no importance. And we're going to see this proof text in just a second. So there are two options here, right? One, that, that if the generation around him would have been even more righteous, um, that he was still righteous, right? He, that were, that were counting him as a righteous person, no matter the fact that the generation around him was not righteous. But then the other hand is, well, there was no one good around him. So of course he looked great, right? There's, um, when when kids who do really really well in school like in high school then go off to huge colleges like if i i'll use my sibling for example my my brother was the president of the school and got all a's and was in all ap's and drove himself crazy his sister was not like that um and she sang and she was she sang and she was in musicals but she became an okay rabbi um but but he then went off to an Ivy League school and everybody was like that at the Ivy League school, right? Because that's how you got to the Ivy League school. So there is something to be said for he he clearly made a name for himself in a way in his high school that was that was big because not everybody could be that way in high school. But then you get to this college and everyone has had that background. So now you have to lift yourself up in some other unique way. Do you want to say something? Okay. Noah got a bad rap. All right, you tell me why. He got saved. I mean, come on. I mean, God saved them. Sure. Sure. But how does that give him a bad rap? How does that give him a bad rap? Yeah, God saved him. You're right. But why does that give Noah a bad rap? No, I'm just saying. Oh. Commentaries here are saying, well, if he was born in Abraham's time, it would have been nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I think that what they're trying to say is exactly the example that I'm giving, right? Which is if you were in a generation of really good people, he would have had to have done something even more than he did to stand out. Whereas in the generation that he was in, 
everybody was pretty schmack. So, so he was able to stand out in a way that was, that was able, but you're, but you're saying that that's what gives him a bad rap. I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying it. He was a good guy. We should be okay with him being a good guy. He got saved. I mean, God damn it. It's like winning the lottery. The guy who just won the lottery at <laughs> Fraser Park, $1.7 million, is an ordinary oh. guy too in this generation. Nice for him. The lottery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, we're looking at my new shit instead of the... The bigger picture. Yeah, so maybe he was a really... Yeah. So maybe he was a really, really good guy, right? Maybe he was a good guy deserving the accolades of being a tzaddik. The, the reason the rabbis go down this rabbit hole is because it also says tamim hayab adorotav. So the fact that it doesn't just say tzaddik, but it's also qualified by something that makes that makes him seem... Simple. And again, we think of simple because of the four children on, on Pesach in a negative way, but simple could just be inexperienced, naive, not sure of what, of what to do. That doesn't make him a bad person. He could still be a tzaddik, right? Yeah, Bobby. Yeah. Right. That generation, if there weren't great, yeah, you know, he could have succumbed to the status quo. Totally. Totally. That, but on top of that, talking about the simplicity or the aloofness or whatever you might name, yeah, whatever. I mean, you look at any great leader, um, very rarely are they so completely every facet. Every great leader has time to develop in different ways. Sure. In the partial, mm. where like he was, you know, it wasn't building the park yet, yeah. doing the things he needed to do to yeah. humanity. So there was a development process. Yeah, that's a beautiful, and that's often actually how I connect to the four children on on Pesach. That there is development that that develops <laughs> for any person going through some kind of journey, right? Which to everyone is just life, but for a leader would be the beginning of their leadership. Then there's the middle, then there's the end. And is this just the beginning of his leadership? You're a good guy, but you're not, you don't really know what's coming to you yet. So you're going to stand up and be this great guy. And then we're going to see your development over time. Yeah. Right. And then on top of that, it's interesting because like so many great people, great leaders are so flawed, right? Sure. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just speak from my own experience. And I know that, that everybody has had this in, in whatever profession you are in now, or, or whenever you've begun something new, you become a rabbi. And then all of a sudden you're a rabbi for a shul and you've never been a rabbi before, right? You go to school for five years, you've had internships and whatnot, but then all of a sudden you're a rabbi in a synagogue and you're making decisions based off of things that you learned in a classroom. And you might be a tzaddik, but you're also tam, right? You're also a tamim because you don't have the experience yet of knowing how you're gonna be a great leader. And so part of becoming that great leader is not necessarily shedding that idea of being tamim. I actually think that it's in. Uh, I think that people find it endearing when when a person is a leader, but also down to earth, um, and and is still growing <laughs> themselves. But just the idea that that at the beginning you could be great 
as a person, but then you need that arc that you're talking about to really get you to like, let's call it professional greatness or leadership greatness, which Noah will, will show us um, with flaws along the way, but will show us. Um, yeah, Marshall. About 15 minutes late this response. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yes. Okay. The last of the Hakafa. Oh, okay. Ah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay, wait. Here, use a microphone because I'm not going to be able to. Tra- I'm not going to be able to summarize this. <laughs> okay. So, if anyone wants to look at the at the Sidur itself, it's on page four hundred five. So this is the the last Hoshana for that's ha- right. Yeah. Of the last, the, uh, the sixth Hakafa right. or seventh seventh Hakafa, page four hundred five. So we have Tomech to me mean Hoshi Ana, and here it's translated by the one who is the support of the innocent. Mm-hmm. That's the idea of Tom as one who is innocent, innocent or yeah. simple, right? Yeah. Takif Ad Hatslichana, may the one whose strength is eternal grant us success. And then it says Tamim Bemaasav, yeah. the one who acts uprightly. Right. And that's there's a different use use of the word Tamim yeah. there. Yeah. So I don't know if the word Tamim and Tom are really related. Mm. Interesting. So I'm sorry, I was 15 minutes late. No, no, no. It's a it's this. a good thing to look into. I would assume that they are because I don't know what I don't know what the root for Tamimim could possibly be. Yeah. Other than the same root that it is for Tamim. I mean, I just have right. well, that would sure, be my assumption. Surely they connect that way, but right. It, Different yeah. meanings of it. Right, right, right. That's really, really interesting. Rebecca had said, there's Temi meme somewhere, and here it is. We found it. That's exactly right. Yes. So so there are different ways of translating it. That's what we're that's what we're getting at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Right. Pure, naive, innocent. Yeah. 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 Mm. Right. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it's possible that he just hasn't yet connected in a complicated way to his existence, therefore understanding or knowing God. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so in the Sanhedrin, um, this is what is is uh, um, referenced in the Rashi, right? It says at the, at the end of the Rashi commentary, Sanhedrin 108a, so this is that. With regard to the verse, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man and wholehearted in his generation. So here's yet another way of translating Tamim. Rabbi Yochanan says, relative to the other people of his generation, he was righteous and wholehearted, but not relative to those of other generations. And Reish Lakish says, in his generation, he was righteous and wholehearted despite being surrounded by bad influences. All the more so would he have been considered righteous and wholehearted in other generations. Yeah. So here too, we see, right, the, 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 the given Noah a bad rap, um, but also a real belief in him, right? Reish Lakish really is Irv in this moment, right? Reish Lakish really believes in him no matter who was surrounding him and no matter what generation he was in. Reish Lakish says, he he was a good guy, and he would have known what to do in any situation because he was a really good guy. It's harder to be good around bad people. I don't want to take away from Abraham. He was like the founding father, right? But he, he didn't have bad people around him. He was just the first to actually believe in God, yeah. right? So that was even a bigger thing in some ways. But it's pretty hard when everyone surrounding you is pretty evil and you're... Well, it's interesting that you say that. It's interesting because I think that there is... 
I think that there are situations that it is harder to be good when there's lots of evil around you. And I think that sometimes when there's lots of good around you, it's not necessarily hard to be good, but it's hard to stand out in the good things you can do, right? If you feel like everybody is already doing a good thing or is already going to that rally, right? Why should you also, right? Everybody else is going to be there. Let me take a nap. And that doesn't make you bad. And that doesn't make the people who think that way evil, right? There's not that's not an evil inclination by any stretch of the matter. Right, right. But it, but it is, but it is a, it, it is an understanding of if I'm going to be around people who are going to be doing good things, how can I do good things differently or, and I, I will tell you, and some of the people in this room have done this. I will tell you that there is that, that we're seeing this right now, that, that I probably get about 50 emails a day right now. And that is no exaggeration of just people who want this fundraiser to go out, this list of items that we need to go out. People want to be doing great things, but not necessarily what the global whatever is doing, but individually, because that's what's going to make us, me, feel better about how I'm supporting Israel. And that's amazing. And that's what allows someone to be at Sadiq in a moment of, in a moment of lots of Sadiqs, right? Is that stepping out of the shell and saying, I see that we're doing this and let's also do this. Let's, let's elevate that one step, one step more. So, okay. So Sforno then says, and I loved this. Um, Sforno says that Tamim is in attitude, right? That it's not necessarily in, behavior or in um in character but it's in attitude that he was a tzaddik probably in behavior if we were gonna if we're gonna take two sides of this but then he was simple in the way that he interacted right he was simple in his attitude and i think this goes to the naivete that's not the word that's used here but i think that is a an interesting way of thinking about noah as potentially younger or inexperienced or naive or whatever word we want to use, but that in his attitude, he was unable to, to act in a, in that sophisticated, <coughs> excuse me, righteous, righteous way. Yes, I didn't give it. You're right. Um, I don't know why I didn't give it. It's possible that it actually just got deleted by accident. <laughs> um, but I can look it up for you. It'd be very easy for me to do. It, it looks like because there's a comma there, it looks like by accident it got deleted. So, but I'll send it to you. I don't remember what it is. Sorry to say. I wonder what the modern equivalent for attitude. But keep people need like directions. Yeah. Sorry. Drachav. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good. It's a great question. I'm sorry that it's not here. Um. Okay. Chizkuni says that he was a righteous man, basically perfect. So Chizkuni is really, really positive about this whole thing, right? Noah is righteous, but also perfect. Tamim meaning no blemish, right? He's not done anything wrong, therefore he's perfect. Um. And then he, he, Chizkuni goes on to say, this is why God found favor in Noah, right? He was perfect. He hadn't done anything wrong yet. And to go back to Irv's point, right? It, it's pretty easy to be seen as having done nothing wrong when everybody else around you is only doing things that are wrong. And so was he really 
was he really, you know, did he, did he have a complete uh, um, clean record or was it just that his record was cleaner than everybody else's and seemed as though it was um, that he was basically perfect, right? It, it, who knows? We know that later on he's not perfect. What? It was clean at the time. Clean at the time, right? A clean record in this moment, right? But then it, then it <laughs> continued. Right, because we know that Noah doesn't continue to be perfect, right? That that he, just like with anybody in the, in the um, not transition, what's the word I'm looking for, transformation of his life and the things that he's going to go through, he makes mistakes, he says things that he probably shouldn't say, he does things that he probably shouldn't do, but that's just, that's human life, right? And so he's coming out of that place of perfection. Yeah, Rebecca. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Fumim. Yeah, right. So that means unblemished. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, great. Right. We say, right, when we talk about sacrifices, we often say to Mimim, right, that they were pure, that there was no blemish, that there was something. Um, and maybe that's where this comes from, right? Perfect. Like there's this idea that that nothing is nothing is wrong. Nothing, nothing has been put on on his record yet. Okay. Let's just read these last two. I gave you a whole other list of things on the other side for a different verse, um, but we're not gonna we're not gonna get to it. But if if you'd like to look at that, that you're more than welcome to. Um, okay, so let's look at the Orachim, and then we'll and then we'll bench. There's another message contained in this verse, which is commented on in Brayshit Rabbah and the Midrash on Brayshit. The Midrash discusses whether Noah's name was in itself blissful or whether in view of Noah's righteous way of life, the blessings he conferred on earth were subsequently reflected in his name. Do you get what that's saying? They're like, was Noah himself this way or the way in which he was able to experience the world and the way that he built an ark and saved a lot of, of living things, et cetera, I guess all living things at the time. Um, was that then a reflection back onto his name, right? Did he, did, did it not come? It's like chicken or the egg, right? Is what, is what the question is here. What do you say, Bobby? Live up to his name. Right. Live up to his name or did his name come into being um, beforehand? The word Tamim I don't know why it says Chamim, but it's that's a typo. Should be understood in the same vein as the Talmud Avodah Zarah explains it. The Talmud understands the word Sadiq as a reference to Noah's deeds, whereas the word Tamim is a reference to Noah's lifestyle, his attitudes. So Sadiq is the things that he did. Tamim is who he was. Right? So a Sadiq is the, is the explanation of building an ark, saving humanity, saving animals, et cetera, et cetera. He was a righteous man for doing those things. He was Tamim based off of his soul, based off of who he was on the inside. You can turn the page. It continues. All of this is additional praise for Noah, who was able to perfect his personality in the face of such wicked contemporaries. So this is recognizing, you know, everyone around him was not great. And so it is clear to us that 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 was a bit um that that he was able to perfect his personality because the people around him were not helping him in any way uh to to be a reflection of who he wanted to be or who he should be noach did far more than could have been expected of him our sages call such conduct when the torah describes noach's perfection as bedorotav 
in his generation. This means that his goodness was recognized even by the people of his time. The pearl the plural in the expression bedorotav reminds us that the average person's lifespan involves three generations. I thought this was really powerful. A person lives during part of their father's generation, their parents' generation, I should say, their contemporaries, and during part of their children's generation. Right. So think about your own lives. You live at least three. Right. In my lifetime, I also knew my great grandparents. So in my lifetime, I will have will have lived four. But in in a regular lifetime, God willing, someone lives to know the generation of their grandparents, even if they don't know their grandparents, right? The generation above them and their parents' generation. Then they also under, then they also know their generation, their contemporaries, and they come to know the generation or many generations after them. Right? If someone lives a long life, they could this could be six, seven. It doesn't have to just be three, but minimally. We would hope, even if someone does not live a long life, they probably have known at least three generations, the one above them that brought them into the world, the one they are living, and the one that will, that will come after them. Noah was unique during all these three generations, the only righteous member of a former generation that he shared time on earth, time on earth with was his grandfather, and then it goes on to, to explain his different generations. So the reason I, the reason I brought this text is because I think when we talk about simple in, in his generation, Tamim Bedorotav, right? What does it mean for us to be simple or sadikim or righteous people in our generation? It doesn't just mean in our generation. It doesn't just mean for the people who are also my age. It means in my lifetime, doing things that are going to ripple into all the generations that are around me. And therefore, it's not just in our generation, but what, what the Orachayim is saying here is that that's why it's plural. Because it's not just in our generation, it's in our generations. Noah was, a, was Tamim in his generations. Not just amongst the people who weren't so great but also because of those who came before him and also because of those who came after him and he was able to influence all of them. So right now we are living in a time where we are not just dealing with our contemporaries, right? We're worried about soldiers who are younger than us. We are worried about grandparents who are taken hostage, who are older than us. We are worried about all kinds of repercussions of this generation on the next generation and on the generation after that. And so we must, in our moments today and in our generation right now, recognize that what we do right now affects the generations that come after us and hopefully make proud the generations that, that came before us. I hope this is a week of shalom, a, a real Shabbat shalom as, as we end Shabbat, um, and that we are able to learn something from Noah as we move forward to both be a tzaddik in the acts that we do, but also to be able to just be down to earth and pure and good in our deeds from our hearts. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am, Los Angeles, go to TBA. LA.org.